Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. We've been returned to Israel and are like dreamers. All the leaders of the world are trying to understand how. While our people flood back in from all the nations, and after centuries of tears, we see you, Hashem, in everything and await your warm embrace of full redemption. גם יש תקווה, והדרך עוד היא
ערב שבת, יוצא מהמשרד, יושב ליד פסנתר. מחכה שהשירה תרד מהשמיים. שעה היצירה פתוח בשמיים, וכל מי שזוכר להשתמש בו. עתה כיפו לי את השירה הזו, השירה המיוחדת לשבת, שאני אשיר למשפחה שלי. ואתן לכולם שמחה. עתה כיפו לי את השירה הזו, השירה המיוחדת לשבת, שאני אשיר למשפחה שלי, ואתן לכולם שמחה. הנה עוד סוף שבוע, מנסה לכתוב, מחפש. מבקש את השירה. השבוע שחלף היה עמוס מאוד, השירה הזו תיתן לי ברכה. עתה תיקחו לי את השירה הזו, השירה המיוחדת לשבת, שאני אשיר למשפחה שלי. ואתן לכולם שמחה. עתה תיתנו לי את השירה הזו, השירה המיוחדת לשבת, שאני אשיר למשפחה שלי, ואתן לכולם שמחה. שירה יתרה כמו נשמה שנייה, שנכנסת בערב שבת.
Dancing and singing Shackles gone It's an open highway In the blink of an eye We're on our way A little faith A little trust in him And soon We're singing and dancing Give me all
JM in the AM. Good morning. It's Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, that was the uh, Benny Friedman single, Vesecha Zena. Eighth day had Geula. You heard Modim done by David Perlman. Eitan Freilich on Eretz Yisrael. Shira Yatera done by Schlockrock. Yisrael Bill Vavot, that amazing single from FDD with Ohad and with, uh, with um, Itzik Dadya and with Simon Jacob. And Moda and the Regesh and Moda Ani opening things up, and we say good morning. Welcome to a Tuesday on this November the twenty seventh, day nineteen in the month of Kislev. You test Kislev five seven seven nine. Tavshinai and test forty two degrees outside with partly cloudy weather. High temperature of forty seven, mostly cloudy tonight. Low thirty seven, and tomorrow mostly cloudy and a high forty seven degrees. You shall at sixty six. We're at forty two here in New York City. As we say good morning at JM and the AM, today is Giving Tuesday. Keep in mind your favorite radio show, your favorite radio network. Keep in mind the um, the entity that keeps you going every single morning and all day long. Go to fjbunity.org, FJB for Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, fjbunity.org, and support the great work that we're able to uh, spread each and every day here at JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. Again, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. And, of course, we thank you. Tuesday morning, Giving Tuesday here at JM and the AM. Plenty of wonderful guests coming up. We'll speak with David Cutler later on, NCSY uh, Summer Programs. Uh, Rabbi Ellie Rubin is going to join us, head of school at the uh, Kushner Schools. The Atid event is this coming Sunday night. Rabbi Dr. Ari Berman, the president of Yeshiva University. They have a big dinner coming up. He'll join us. Live via telephone. Harry Rothenberg is scheduled to join us. We get closer and closer to Hanukkah. We'll explain all that coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. And plenty more. It's all happening this morning if you keep it right here at JM in the AM.
Yeah. 
That's Yidl. Before that, Yaakov Shweki's Aleph Beis. Imesh Gachech, brand new from Oha, the Friedman family with Nigun Chabad in honor of Yudtes Kislev. With, um, that was from Mizedis Miras. Mordechai Ben David with both Od Yeshvu and Dva'ani off of the Platinum album here on a Tuesday morning broadcast 
as you listen to JM in the AM. Hanukkah right around the corner. It starts this coming Sunday night, believe it or not. How amazing is that? And um, we are building up, of course, to the big holiday this coming Sunday night. 42 degrees, partly cloudy, a high temperature of 47, mostly cloudy tonight, low 37, and tomorrow mostly cloudy, a high temperature, 47 degrees. Yushalayim is at 66. We're at 42 here in New York. So we say good morning at JM and the AM. Keep in mind that today is Giving Tuesday, and uh, our website is open, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Those of you who love to give and love to support Great radio shows who love to support great radio networks. Those of you who love to support great radio efforts that bring a smile to your face every single morning and every single day. Guess what? Today's Giving Tuesday. Go to fjbunity.org. Again, fjbunity.org for the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting. Be as generous as you can and uh, support our efforts. And we'll be glad you did. And you'll be glad you did as well. Uh, good morning, Nachum, from Chile, Atlanta. On my way to the Atlanta Jewish community, have a great day. Hmm, is Atlanta, in fact, Chile? That's an important piece of information to know on this November day. Hmm. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. <laughs> עוד עולה מהנתונים שאחד מכל חמישה אירופים חושב שליהודים יש השפעה רבה מדי בתקשורת ובפוליטיקה. יושב ראש הסוכנות היהודית יצחק בוז'י הרצוג קורא בשיחה עם כתבתנו עופרה ארליך לכל מנהיגי העולם לפעול נגד האנטישמיות. האנטישמיות היא אחת המחלות העתיקות ביותר שעוד לא נמצא לה חיסון וחייבים להילחם בה לפני שהיא מתפשטת והופכת למגפה בלתי נשלטת. זה מחייב קריאה נחרצת לכל מנהיגי העולם הנאור להרים את הכפפה ולהילחם בתופעה האיומה הזאת. יושב ראש מכבי תל אביב, שמעון מזרחי, נכנס להיכל התהילה של היורוליג, כתבנו אופיר יונתן. עורך הדין מזרחי הוא חבר הנהלת היורוליג הראשון שמקבל את תואר הכבוד, אגדת יורוליג, אותו קיבלו עד כה שחקנים ומאמנים בלבד. seems to have been operating on a loop. The story that we're talking about, by the way, is one that we saw in the Jerusalem Post this morning. A new poll by CNN has demonstrated a worryingly high prevalence of anti-Semitic attitudes around Europe with significant percentages of people believing that Jews are too influential in politics and media. In addition, high numbers of Europeans blame anti-Semitism on Jews, saying it's a reaction to how they behave, while troublingly, troublingly high numbers of young Europeans have not heard of the Holocaust. The results from a comprehensive poll conducted by CNN sampled 7,000 Europeans from Austria, France, Germany, Great Britain, Hungary, Poland, and Sweden. Only 1 in 10 people surveyed said they had an unfavorable attitude toward Jews, although that figure rose to 15% in Poland and 19% in Hungary. So that was the story they were discussing. We saw it in the Jerusalem Post, and I apologize for our 
news from Israel not coming through the way it normally does. Uh, hopefully that'll be uh, rectified in the next day or two, I certainly hope. More coming up as we start hour number two here at JM in the AM on this Tuesday morning. Keep it right here, everybody, at the Nahum Siegel Network. Those were the nights of Hanukkah. I remember long ago when our family got together. Little eyes aglow, multicolored candles burning as the joyous songs were sung. How I miss all the Noah lights when we were all so young. Every Hanukkah Forgot them in the frying pan each year While we were having fun Playing dreidels Smoke alarms were wailing everywhere Firemen were breaking all the windows Sadie closed his eyes Began to pray Those latkes had no luck Our mouth bit down and stuck But Bobby made us feed them anyway Those were the Doesn't. He warned us that in birth we couldn't be. 
Tell a tale, 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 tale. Yeah. Oh, Maccabees in Israel, L, L, L. Yeah. When the Greeks tried to assail, sell, sell, sell. Yeah. But it was all to no avail, fail, fail, fail. Yeah, yeah. The war went on and on and on until the mighty Greeks were gone. Yeah. I put my lockers in the air sometimes, saying, hey, J.M. and the A.M. a little uh, advance on Hanukkah, huh? Those of you who love uh, Hanukkah selections, you probably really, really enjoyed that segment, to say the least. Uh, the Maccabees with Candlelight. Remember that one? Remember how uh, revolutionary it was when it came out? Wow. 
Yeah, it's a while ago with millions millions of hits ago on YouTube also. Uh, Miami before that with Alanisim. You heard the uh, cast of Hooked on Hanukkah with Yevonim, and those were the nights. Yeshiva Boys Choir with a song that uh, <laughs> a few people started singing um, over the weekend. A few people started singing that over the weekend, and I don't know, somehow, <laughs> somehow it stuck in my head and figured, hey, why not? Get it on the air at some point. Tuesday morning with 42 degrees, partly cloudy, a high temperature of 47. Good morning, everybody. We'll, uh, we have a bunch of people to check in with today. We'll have a whole bunch of uh, wonderful guests coming up between now and 9 a.m. here at JM in the AM. Live lunch today, Avrami will host starting at 11 a.m. And JM Rewind will feature some of our great interviews from recent times, including uh, Zachariah Fruchtandler, who was here last week on the brand new book regarding Shabbos. We'll replay that interview for you at 9 o'clock this morning during JM Rewind here at the Nahum Siegel Network. So uh, get ready for that. If you missed it the first time around, you have an opportunity to hear it today, and it's a good one. It certainly is. Rogers Park is next at JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. with Eitan Freilich, brand new. It's called Ivdu, off of the uh, album entitled, off the album entitled Peace Will Come here at J.M. and the A.M. Tuesday morning broadcast with 42 degrees, partly cloudy and a high temperature of 47. Good morning, all. Thanks for joining us. Check out our community calendar online. Go to the NachumSiegel.com website. 
Again, NahumSiegel.com website. And uh, check out the community calendar. A whole bunch of great events going on, especially as Hanukkah approaches. You'll be able to see what's happening uh, this weekend and subsequent to that during the big holiday. Uh, again, NahumSiegel.com. Just click on community calendar, and that is that. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zecher Nishmas Harav Zeb and Rabbi and Zecher Nishmas Esther Bas Rabbi Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. Rabbi Menachem Bar Simai, whose name appears in the Gemara, is called Benon Shel Tzadikim, Benon Shel Kedoshim, the child of holy ones. The Tanu and Psachim comments that why is it that he got this name? And answers, because he never saw the Tzura of a Matbea, the image of a coin, in his life. What connection is there between a person who didn't see a coin and great Kedusha, holiness? He was Choshesh for Gezel. He was always afraid of stolen property. And because of that, he felt it was better not to be involved with any money at all. Rashi offers a different explanation. He says it really doesn't have anything to do with money. He explains that during the Tkufa, at a certain age in Eretz Yisrael, the Romans were Oved Avarazara. They used to serve idols, and they would engrave the various images of Avarazara, of idol worship, on their coins. Me'ikra din, really, the law permits the use of these coins because the coins were never intended to be used for Avodah for idol worship. It was only that Avodah was engraved on it. However, Rabbi Menachem Bar Simai, who was a great chassid, who was extremely holy, had Kedusha Yaseira. He had extra holiness. He was machmer on himself and he was so stringent that he would not look at any kind of a coin because of this suspicion of seeing Avodah The Talmud states that when Rebbe Menachem Bar Simai was nifter, when he passed on, all the Avodah of the Romans melted like wax in the hot sun, even though they were made of great gold, silver, brass, in copper. It would seem as though this great miracle had happened for a particular reason. Even they wondered how it was possible for these coins to dissolve. They were told about the great tzaddik who avoided any exposure to the tzura of a matbeah, to these images of coins. Nowadays, people may order custom coins with certain images, perhaps to be used as a charm. This was the chashash. This was the suspicion of Rabbi Menachem Bar Simai. It was developed from the particular command in the Torah not to look at Avodah Zarah. We see how careful one great man was not to have anything to do whatsoever with possible idol worship. Even in our day, it says, Lo Yidbak, that a person should be very careful not to have anything to do from that which is connected in any shape, way, or form to Avodah Zarah. May we all get closer day by day to the true Hashem, to the Hashem Elokeinu, Bashamayim Uva'aretz. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser 
bringing you morning chizuk. Have a nice day. Jam in the AM with Ohad, Eretz Yisrael is the name of that selection. Comes off the album, the brand new one, Bisha Tova. Tuesday morning broadcast, Jam in the AM. Guess what? Hanukkah begins Sunday night. No joke. Hanukkah is right around the corner. And we wish everybody a happy, healthy, wonderful Hanukkah, but also a safe Hanukkah. There are a lot of things that need to be kept in mind, both Hanukkah-related and this time of year-related. And Harry Rothenberg, who's a partner at the uh, Rothenberg Law Firm, InjuryLawyer.com, is with us live via telephone. In addition to um, having a Parsha vlog every week, 
that we love featuring and that uh, really takes care of uh, a lot of good um a lot of good spiritual stuff <laughs> before Shabbos. And there's also some uh, very important messages regarding the law and safety that need to be that need to be um, uh, said, and uh, we need to remind the community about as we get closer and closer to Hanukkah. Harry Rothenberg, partner at the Rothenberg Law Firm, welcome back to JM and the AM. Thank you very much. Always nice to be back. I appreciate that. All right, so I guess the most obvious is that, uh, and, and I, I'm going to put it this way in a very positive uh, in a very positive vein. I don't know if you've noticed, but over the last couple of decades, the uh, I think the community in general has really, really um, made sure to implement uh, systems and implement procedures that would uh, call for as uh, as much safety regarding fire, candles, etc., as possible. What I mean by that is, if you look at the old days, so to speak, a lot of people were a little bit negligent, a little bit more lax when it came to where to light and what's near what you are lighting. And I think that uh, both in the dormitory settings and the public settings, people are becoming much, much more aware of all the danger, God forbid, that could occur uh, because of the Hanukkah candles. So kudos to everybody for that. And I know that you have a uh, that you have plenty of reminders for people about how important it is to stay safe this time of year, especially when it comes to the Hanukkah candles. Yeah, I certainly agree that we're heading in the right direction. Uh, organizations and individuals have done a great job getting the word out uh, specifically with respect to how to prepare and how to stay safe. But we're not there yet. Until there are zero fires on Hanukkah, we're not there yet. And and with that in mind, we remind people that uh, where they're lighting in their own home, whether it's, uh, I don't know, close to furniture, close to curtains, etc., and uh, where they're lighting in public places, um, uh, certainly, like I said, a lot of, uh, a lot of institutions that uh, have dormitories, etc., have gone the really smart route of designating a specific place in the building for people to light. Uh, I know there's a preference. People want to light where they sleep, etc., but, but they've, they've understood that it's more important to be as safe as possible, and those, uh, and those restrictions and those guidelines are certainly welcome this time of year. Now, unfortunately, and you could say this from experience, you've seen the damage that can be done when things do get out of control when it comes to candles, fires, etc., not just Hanukkah, but other times of the year as well. Um, what can you tell people about the, the God forbid, unbelievable uh, a, a, a damage that can be done if they're not careful in this regard? Well, it's, look, the dangers of fire are obvious. They're, it's a danger to, uh, to persons, uh, that lives have, have been lost and can be lost, uh, and danger to property, less important, but also important. And I'm not a rabbi. I only play one once a week on TV. <laughs> but, For us. I, exactly. But my understanding is that the halacha that mandates lighting does not also force someone to put their own lives or the lives of their children or the lives of their neighbors in danger. And unfortunately, we have too many examples of that where people's lives were put in danger and the absolute worst has happened. So everybody out there, please, we remind you as you get set to uh, start preparing, and there are people already, I'm sure, who are taking out the Hanukkiot, who are putting up the uh, Hanukkah menorahs, uh, be extra careful in judging where they're going to be lit and um, what's around where the, uh, where the menorah is. And we should hopefully make this as safe a Hanukkah as possible. And by the way, you've you've been on, or your colleagues have been on in the past, uh, talking about what goes on in the kitchen, how dangerous that can be in terms of injuries, etc. And there's a lot of oil, a lot of oil being cooked and a lot of different uh, delicacies being made that, again, if you're too close or if someone of a certain age is too close to that stove, it could get very dangerous. Right. 
you know, I like to say that we can borrow halacha from kashras. You can have a, you should have a mashkiach tamidi, somebody who's yotzev nichnas. You know, if you've got fires burning, whether it's the Hanukkah candles, whether it's in the kitchen, keep an eye out. Somebody should be going in and going out. Um, and if somebody has got to light and then leave the home, well, that's why Hashem invented the local Orthodox rabbi. I think that's a conversation that people should have. Yeah. Uh, is there a dispensation to put the, the candles out after the required minimum, minimum amount of time if we have to leave the house so that we don't leave candles burning in the house? Yeah, that's another aspect that I think has, uh, has really uh, become a very important part of the education of our community. There are many rabbis who would advise that, that once the time limit, so to speak, has been passed, uh, or the time requirement has been passed, um, that those candles might be able to be put out. Again, consult with your local rabbi. Harry Rothenberg is with us. Um, all right, uh, this is a very interesting time of year because um, there are a lot of celebrations going on. There are Hanukkah celebrations and family celebrations, which are wonderful, uh, but there are also corporate celebrations. There are year-end parties that people attend, etc. And I think that um, very often people don't understand legally um, the level of liability that a host of a party or uh, or a supervisor of a party might have. What could you tell us about this topic? Well, I could tell you that we are actively involved uh, right now and at any given time in cases against hosts who have served alcohol to people who were visibly impaired, and those people have gone out, gotten into accidents, and killed or maimed others. Uh, so the, 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 there's the responsibility is on the host. Uh, there are laws that, that require the host to be careful when dispensing alcohol, both to people who are visibly impaired and to minors. And when you say host, you don't just mean someone who's hosting in their own home. I would guess you mean somebody who has invited people to a restaurant and they're supervising or they're the ones in charge, so to speak, uh, and maybe even people in the restaurant uh, themselves, right? Of course, in any fashion. We have those cases going on against individuals, against restaurants, against bars at any given time. Has any of this uh, changed in terms of how much someone is allowed to drink uh, and then drive? I mean, I, 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 I believe... I remember reading that the uh, alcohol level, the acceptable alcohol level, has in fact uh, been reduced and one can't drink as much as they used to. Is that true? So I can't tell you specifically because it can vary state to state, um, but, but my general rule of thumb is this. If you have to ask the question as to whether you can drive, you can't drive. <laughs> right. Keep it simple. Well, that is a very good piece of advice. Uh, so year-end parties, everybody out there has to be extremely careful and if you're hosting that party, realize your level of liability. Hanukkah, we spoke about it. Anything else this time of year that that you think would be a good time to um, to remind people about in terms of specific episodes or incidents? I, I do want to go back to the Hanukkah candles for a second sure. because I think there's one, one more bit of advice. Um, you mentioned preparing where to light, and obviously you have to light the candles away from drapes, away from furniture, away from curtains, um, which is the, the most common way that the Hanukkah candles can start a fire. Uh, what, by moving them away from furniture, from drapes, etc., what you also can do and should do is create a pathway so that you can get to both sides of the table on which you're lighting. And that's important because, thank God, to the extent we've often been blessed with large families, you'll have families that are lighting menorahs in rows. And it's very dangerous to reach over a lit menorah to light a second one. You'll say, who would ever do that? And the answer is, well, you might light the first one, the one furthest away from you, then light the one closer to you, and then the light goes out on the one further away, and you reach over, which is a no-no, better to walk around the table and relight it from the other side. So you're, and this is an interesting suggestion, and I'm just thinking back to when my kids were small and got a little too close to the candles at times, uh, you're suggesting leave an aisle, so to speak, on both sides of each Hanukkiah, right? Correct, around the table, so you can get at the ones on the that are that are on the other side without reaching over lit 
a lip menorah, mm. a lesson that I learned the hard way myself many years ago when I accidentally set my shirt on fire. Managed to put it out without injury, but not something that I want to do again. Isn't it? I want anyone else to do again. Isn't it funny how the most obvious thing uh, is something we've never thought of before? But yeah. but that's a that's a good setup piece of advice. Everybody out there, a lot of people already are getting their big menorahs ready and their small menorahs ready for Sunday night. Keep that in mind. Leave as much room as possible that you don't have to reach over a lit flame and light a menorah. Just another good tip. Harry Rothenberg with us from the Rothenberg Law Firm. And Harry, as you always say and your colleagues always say, you don't want to hear from anybody. You'd prefer not to hear from anybody. Uh, you'd like everyone to be as safe as possible and keep this as uh, as safe a a hug as possible. Obviously, if anybody would need you for any reason, uh, it's injurylawyer.com. Uh, but again, you would prefer if everybody uh, if everybody gets into their it gets into situations where they where they are safe and sound and would have no reason to contact you guys. Amen. Stay safe. I thank you so much for joining us and a happy Hanukkah to you. You're very welcome, and thank you, and to you as well. Big thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm. Uh, Harry Rothenberg is a partner, and you uh, have all the information you need on the website, injurylawyer.com, injurylawyer.com. They can be of any help with anything, but as they always stress, and they've proved it through this show, uh, they would prefer if everybody takes as many precautions as possible, stays away from all the problems, legal and otherwise, most important, the, uh, the safety situations. Uh, make it as safe a Hanukkah as possible. And as you're hosting or uh, inviting people to participate in year-end celebrations, which are so common in these parts, uh, realize the liability that you could be uh, faced with if, God forbid, the uh, absolute worst happens and one of your guests uh, ends up taking someone else's life because of their bad decisions regarding drinking. Understand the responsibility of those who are hosting these events and who are supervising the events in their restaurants and public places. JM in the AM. More coming up. Keep it right here at the Nahum Siegel Network.
Me 
Yehuda Green with Mashiach. Before that, Miami and Taurus Chaim. Ari Goldwagon there with Lohan Afzik. And this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com on the NachumSiegel Network. And, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Shim Kramer, Todul Hashem. Tuesday morning broadcast. Well, coming up on the 9th of December, it's Yeshiva University's 94th annual Hanukkah dinner and convocation. It is uh, the 94th annual dinner happening this year at the New York Hilton. Recipients of honorary degrees include Hadassah Lieberman, J. Philip Rosen, Bennett Schachter, and the keynote speaker is Paul Singer, and it is with great pleasure and a real honor to welcome to our airwaves the president of Yeshiva University, Rabbi Dr. Ari Berman, to share a few thoughts as we get closer and closer to the uh, big dinner, uh, Hanukkah dinner night uh, for Yeshiva University. Rabbi Dr. Berman, welcome back to JM in the AM. Shalom, shalom, nacham. It is wonderful 
super wonderful to be with you again. I appreciate that very much. Great to speak with you. You know, before we talk about the dinner, just a word. I, I saw you last week at the Yeshiva University basketball game. Um, it, it must be amazing to be in your position and see so many different ways that Jewish students of all backgrounds can represent the Jewish people in this world. I mean, sports is obviously one of them, but from your vantage point, you probably see that duplicated in so many different venues. Must be, must be an amazing feeling. It's an amazing feeling, and you've really uh, just captured a couple of key formulations. I mean, first of all, that there's so many people from around the world. Shiva University now, you know, is a global center. Yeah. And we have Jews from 23 different countries in our undergraduate program. You know, and they all come to to grow and to become the leaders of tomorrow. Um, I have to say that you're, uh, and, and what you said about basketball as a, as a feature, as a vehicle, you know, is exactly right. You know, what we found, uh, you know, even take last week. You know, last week we started off the, uh, um, the season uh, with a moment of silence where we unveiled uh, the jersey that we uh, is up on our rafters in memory of the uh, 11 Kedoshim uh, who were killed in Eitzchayim uh, in the Tree of Life Synagogue in, uh, uh, in Pittsburgh. And it just is a reflection of, um, of what the Macs are about and what Yeshiva University is about. You know, we spoke about this before, but certainly one of the great uh, lessons from the run last year when everyone started coming all around uh, the world, people were calling us and encouraging us, <laughs> and people coming out to the games and uh, from all walks of life and Jews of all kinds. Um, as the lesson that we learned and that one of our students said, is that when you play for Yeshiva University, you play for the Jewish people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what I mean. That you're, you're, And you see that duplicated everywhere, whether it's the science lab and in, in the world of medicine, <laughs> In the in the world of law, in the obviously in the in the Torah world, that doesn't even have to be mentioned. That's quite obvious. But you you see it everywhere in so many different unique venues. So the creativity of the students and all of them representing the Jewish people really well. And and what floored me already in this conversation is the number twenty three. I cannot believe. You know, I thought I know everything about YU. If someone would have asked me how many countries are represented in the undergrads, I never would have guessed that high. So that's pretty. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. That it's is amazing. Pre- that is pretty amazing. Uh, we have Jews now. Uh, South America is a big, uh, uh, big feeder. Panama is a big feeder. Uh, yeah, we have Jews from uh, from all over now. And um, but really, what you said about representative in all fields, and I actually I think that's true in a in a dual way. First of all, our ability to be makadi shem shemayim berabim. Yep. Our ability to have impact on the world. Uh, because we have access to all uh, 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 all levels today, you know we can get into all professions, and we have um, uh, the vehicles, the talent, the skill sets to uh, uh, to succeed in all fields. Um, so our students who live the lives and values, you know, of our Torah and of, uh, of Yeshiva University, uh, have an ability. To, uh, to you know, live their not just speak their values, but live their values in the workplace and sanctify God's name in the world, and that's and that's huge. And the other part of it is really the YU advantage, which is the alumni and friends network. Yeah. Because because we have we play for the Jewish people, 
we resonate um, to anyone uh, who wants to help. You know, when I was uh, during the Max run, I was in conversations with an NBA owner who uh, uh, was excited about the fact that the Max were winning. And I, um, we were testing each other, you know, following the, the playoff run. And I invited him to come to the tournament game. And he said to me, you know, I can't make it to uh, the tournament, to the first game, but if they win, I'll come to the second game. I'll call a press conference, and I'll, I'll tell the news that I'm recruiting. Okay, so this is a guy who just wants to help Yeshiva University. Uh, this is an example of our enormous alumni and friends network. Unbelievable. He's also a guy who's in the in the top thirty of basketball of basketball jobs in America. Frankly, that's that's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, so, but that, that's just an example of you know of when you play for Yeshiva University, you play for the Jewish people. Is that and and you have people wanting to help us and wanting to help our students, and we're doing that now. Our career services, you know, as uh, as metamorphosized and is in this process of, uh, of great transformation so that we develop this alumni and friends network so that when our students come out of YU, you know, they're set to have a network of support and people who care for them and, and support them and make connections for them uh, for the rest of their lives. And frankly, that's one of the things we're honoring at the Hanukkah dinner. Uh, you know, Bennett Jack, you mentioned Bennett. Sure. Uh, you know, so many people know and love Bennett. He's such a wonderful guy. Certainly is. And and he's done this for us at Goldman Sachs. Like, he's gotten our kids' jobs at Goldman Sachs, internships every year. He meets with students and, and teaches them, you know, how to, how to interview. He goes out to dinner with them. You know, he's an example for us of an incredible alum uh, who, you know, gives back uh, to the community um, by taking care of the next generation, as he was taken care of when he was in YU by the previous generation. So this is a a cycle, a virtuous cycle um, that we celebrate. Certainly, when we celebrate the Hanukkah Day, amazing. And I am I am jealous of any student who has the uh, pleasure of being mentored by Bennett Schachter. Hence, the uh, inaugural service award, the YU Shield, will be going to him that night on the 9th of December. A week from Sunday night. In addition, honorary degrees that evening to Adasa Lieberman, a name very, very familiar to this audience, and J. Philip Rosen, somebody we know really well, and Phil has been a great supporter and friend of ours and a guest here many, many times. I I don't know if it's your choice, but I could say whoever's choices these were, they've chosen well this year, Rabbi Berman. I would say so. I would say so. We've had uh, uh, Baruch Hashem, fine representatives, and the values that uh, uh, that we're promoting, you know, Yeshiva University, and it's uh, uh, what we're looking towards in the future is, is educating you know, our leaders of tomorrow. The Jewish people, okay, need our students that who are deeply rooted in their Jewish tradition, deeply rooted in their identity, pro-Israel, ardent Zionists, who are culturally conversant with the West, forming bridges to uh, everyone around us, both in the diaspora and the Jewish community in the broader society, as well as, of course, in the state of Israel. Our students' success is only going to increase uh, in its importance and significance uh, for the Jewish people uh, worldwide. And what we do is we give them at Yeshiva University the Jewish values, the positive Jewish values 
that inspires them on a life of personal fulfillment, as well as the market skills that are necessary for the world of tomorrow. And by combining both the market skills and the value, okay, especially with our great network that, that, that comes with, with, for them when they emerge, they are set for lives of incredible personal and professional success, lives of impact in their family, on their community, in the broader Jewish people, and the world around us. These honorees are reflective and representative of the kinds of things that we're teaching our students uh, you know, during their years, the formative years of education. And what you just described is really the magnet that is attracting students from all over North America and the 23 countries that you mentioned. This is why, if people out there who are not as familiar with YU are wondering why would it be that a student from South America would seek out a Washington Heights campus, uh, that's just one example of, uh, of this magnet that you just described, this attraction that the campus has uh, to students around the world, both during their uh, collegiate years and obviously beyond that as well, as you described, uh, post-graduation. Uh, Sunday, December 9th, I encourage you with right, Dr. Ari Berman, the president of Yeshiva University, with us via telephone to be at the New York Hilton, Hadassah Lieberman, Phil Rosen, Bennett Schachter. That is a very distinguished list of honorees for both the reasons mentioned and many others. Plus, keynote speaker for the evening is Paul Singer, founder and president of Elliott Management Corporation and president of the Paul E. Singer Foundation. For information about the event, uh, it's area code 646-592-4514. That's 646 592 Four five one four. You can email Hanukkah Dinner at yu.edu. Hanukkah Dinner at yu.edu. Rabbi Berman, I know that uh, each year, thank God, there is a full room uh, when it comes to the ballroom at the Hilton or wherever the dinner is held. And I know that uh, you're encouraging everybody within the sound of our voices to support the cause, to be there for YU, to try to be at the dinner itself, and certainly to keep supporting. Uh, oh, today's Giving Tuesday. Good day, good day to pitch uh, to keep support, <laughs> keep supporting the incredible infrastructure you just described this morning. Uh, if well, it, I think I, I think the Giving Tuesday is a good thing. We shouldn't we shouldn't be uh, remiss in and uh, mentioning that to people. But there is no doubt that Yeshiva University is the best investment for the Jewish people for the future. No question about it. Uh, the students have proven that. And as we said at the outset, it's not just basketball, everybody. Every single area of life, not necessarily Jewish life, every single area of life, these students have you have uh, taken advantage of the opportunity to really make a Kiddush Hashem and to just uh, to be there and represent the Jewish people and YU so well. And there are thousands of examples of it. Rabbi Berman, I, I wish you and the university a massive success on the annual Hanukkah dinner. I appreciate you joining us. And just Chazak V'Amatz, I know that right now you are in the, you're literally in the, in the midst of a, of, of a very active uh, uh, undergrad campus uptown and downtown. It must be an amazing feeling walking the campuses this time of year when there's so much activity and so much going on. Totally energizing, very exciting. Uh, you know, it's it's just a buzz. It's a total buzz of uh, of activity on campus, and the students are growing and learning all, both inside the Beit Midrash, the study. I mean, the the noise from the study hall. It's just it's incredible. It's inspiring uh, in the classrooms, outside of the classrooms, during the week, and on Shabbat. Amazing. Uh, it's uh, uh, thank God, really, thank God. It's uh, 
continuing to grow, and we are thrilled with uh, uh, with its success and the direction that we're, as as we continue to develop and grow moving forward. Very exciting times. All right. We will continue to remind everybody at the dinner. We wish you the best of luck with that and with everything in YU's future. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you, Nachum. Always a pleasure to talk with you, my friend. Much appreciated. It's a pleasure to speak with you as well. Rabbi Dr. Ari Berman, there's tremendous leadership at YU, everybody. Tremendous leadership. And uh, Rabbi Berman and, um, and everybody who works so hard up at Yeshiva University deserve a really, really, really successful dinner, a great event for December the 9th. A lot of people have already committed to be there. If you would like to explore the possibilities, 646-592-4514, 646-592-4514. Information on the website, yu.edu. This is JM in the AM. J.M. in the A.M. with Shal Shellis. David Cutler is one of our guests uh, via telephone. <laughs> I was just joking with him. I said, you know, David, I woke up this morning and I said to myself, you know what we need? We need at least one more NCSY summer program. Uh, and I was only half kidding because guess what, everybody? We have some news. We have some news that you're going to enjoy. One of the things we take such great nachas in. Every single time we talk about it is uh, the NCSY summer programs. And David Cutler and another special guest who are with us via telephone have some important information about this. First, David Cutler, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Malcolm. How are you? He is the director of all NCSY summer programs. And uh, like I said, I woke up this morning and said to myself, you know what we need? We need at least one more NCSY summer program. And then I said to you, 
you know what? The truth is you probably wake up every morning and say that to yourself seriously. <laughs> well, what else is one thinking about as it starts to get cold outside and it's Hanukkah? So that a summer program. That's, that's what we're thinking about nowadays. Exactly. And one of the things that's kept you going and has kept you guys on this road to tremendous success really is thinking of innovative ideas and things that you can implement to, in fact, keep adding more more and more NCSY summer programs. We should mention, by the way, that um, that there is a prediction because we, we've, over the years, we've said 1,200, 1,300, 1,400. David, there's a prediction now where this coming summer of 2019, there'll be over 1,700 kids under the umbrella of NCSY summer programs. God willing, that's the plan. What we're really expanding, you know, Baruch Hashem, a lot of our programs are in Eretz Yisrael. Almost all of our programs really come through Israel at one point. Uh, we have programs that go through Europe. Uh, we're now really working on domestic options and having more of a presence here in the United States and having it start at a younger age so that we can get them in our system. And uh, we really believe we're having a very positive impact on these kids, and why not start a little bit younger? Uh, and also have we're working on more affordable options, so we have all sorts of... Uh, all sorts of things in the works for all ages. Well, well the over 1,700 predicted, almost 1,000 already signed up. By the way, the early bird special that was sent to me, uh, November 30th, is that program-wide? Is that for the entire system, early bird special? Every single program has an early bird special that expires at the end of this week. And uh, you know, people should realize, someone called me the other day saying, I know it's very early in the season, but I want to talk to you about a position. And I said, it's actually very late in the season for us, thank God. We have, like you said, over 900 kids signed up. Uh, we predict 17 to 1,800 kids this summer, and uh, people need to think about their summer programs well in advance. So the early bird special expires at the end of this week, and uh, we would encourage everyone to go on to our website, website summer.ncsy.org, uh, to take a look at the programs and take advantage of uh, the discounts. All right. Uh, I think this is really important for me to reiterate. Uh, everybody out there, you know, I, I, I really should read through all the program names, but, I, but I'm going to hope that most of this audience already understands when we say NCSY summer programs, what we mean. Uh, the early bird special will expire November 30th, which is the end of this week. So please, if you're a parent out there that wants to make arrangements to send your your child uh, to an NCSY summer program, Israel or somewhere else, make sure to take care of it this week. The early bird special is going to expire at the end of the week. Uh, there is a website that makes it really easy to look all this stuff up, summer.ncsy.org, summer.ncsy.org. Again, Early bird special will expire November 30th, which is this week, and the programs are filling up fast. There's also an email address if you want to correspond with somebody, summer at ncsy.org, summer at ncsy.org. David Cutler leads the entire summer NCSY programs. All right, uh, David, are you familiar with a gentleman named Avi Rosalimsky? Yeah, a little bit. We've met a couple times, and uh, (laughs) we're very excited to add him and his innovative idea uh, to our uh, to our list of many Baruch Hashem summer programs. All right, so Avi Rosalimsky is with us live via telephone. Avi, good morning to you. Good morning, Nachum. How are you? All righty. Now, Avi is the uh, is the leader, the director of a new program called RTC. Uh, I've read up a little bit about it this morning. It sounds like a travel camp that's going to be happening during the second month of the summer. Avi, give us some details about the RTC program. Uh, sure. So it's a travel program for the second month of the summer. Um, it's going to be three consecutive weeks. Uh, we're going to be each week, we're going to be in a different region, staying at hotels every night, playing intense sports leagues every day, uh, going on awesome trips every day, whitewater rafting, major league baseball games, NFL preseason games, water tubing, paintball, zipline, you name it. 
Uh, it's going to be really, really awesome, and the kids are going to have a really, really amazing time. Mm, very nice. Uh, and what's the plan for Shabbos? How does that work? Great question. So we have three Shabbosim. The first Shabbos um, is actually going to be an off Shabbos. The second Shabbos, we're going to have a Shabbaton in Tinek. I'm, I'm one of the youth directors in uh, Congregation Beth Abraham, so we're going to have it you know, in the Bergenfield community. And the third job is we're actually going to have in Cleveland, Ohio, which is, uh, which is very, very exciting. All right. So uh, this is a combination of really, for a lot of people, what, what they want, which is uh, overnight programs that last all week and then something extra special during, you know, during Shabbos. Um, I'm sure that's where the concept came from, right? That, the, uh, that a lot of kids like to travel, a lot of kids like to see interesting stuff and participate in very, uh, some extreme activities. And they also want to have a Shabbos experience as well. Absolutely. A lot of the boys um, were looking for something for the second month. A lot of the parents and families were looking for something sort of different for the, uh, for the second month, and we're very excited. We're also uh, very lucky to have uh, three very uh, prestigious and dynamic uh, rabbis that are going to be with us, Rabbi Ari Leibowitz from, uh, from the Five Towns, Rabbi Ezra Wiener from TNAC and TABC, and Rabbi Chai Marcus, who's the uh, in Springfield. Well, that's an all-star cast right there. That's an all-star yeah. lineup, to say the least. Wow. Rabbi Marcus, Rabbi Leibowitz, and Rabbi Wiener all participating in the three-week program this summer. Um, uh, David Cutler, I see you're stopping at nothing, and you want you always want high-quality personnel. You've got a great leader, and you've got some amazing rabbis going along. We really do. It really defines who we are, because you're going to have an excellent, excellent experience. You're going to have, like, like Avi said, the day will be packed full of activities, going to, to games and to, to paintballing and whitewater rafting, but we also... We're all about the education. So the three, the three rabbis we just mentioned, you know, are tremendous, tremendous leaders in their community. And uh, so the chinuch, the education will be fantastic. The growth will be, you know, will be awesome. Uh, at the same time, you're going to have the time of your life, and you're going to, you're going to be exhausted and have a great time. <laughs> and and it's just very unique to have a, a program for a second month rather than you know either sitting at home or sitting in a camp, uh, but to have a travel program that where you really get to learn and experience, you know, just fun activities with with guys. Uh, you know, we're actually getting uh, a lot of New York, New Jersey, but we now have uh, inquiries from Florida and from other locations as well. So it's, uh, it's a very exciting. It's a, it's a brand new idea, and it's, uh, it's really exciting for us. That's how you judge success, David, when the, when the kids arrive at their, uh, at their home uh, doorstep completely wiped out, right? That's how you judge success. The more exhausted, the more successful. <laughs> Simple as that. All right. Information about all of this, there is a special website rtc.ncsy.org now based on what i read this is open for boys who are finishing eighth and ninth grade avi is that correct that is correct so anybody who's finishing up eighth and ninth grade this rtc ncsy summer newest program is open to you and it's a, and it is a second month travel camp what's the official first day what's the official uh, date for the first day of the program do you know First day is Sunday, July 28th. All right. It'll so Sunday morning, coach bus is going to go to the five towns, then come to Tinac, and then we're going to be off to our first uh, to our first location. All right. So this is literally, as described, a, a second month of the summer, second half of the summer program for boys who are finishing eighth and ninth grade. Go to rtc.ncsy.org, rtc.ncsy.org. You could also uh, you could also interact directly with Avi uh, Rosa Limsky A at ncsy.org, R-O-S-A-L-I-M-S-K-Y-A at ncsy.org if you want to uh, email him directly about the program. And uh, David Cutler, I assume the same early bird for this week applies to RTC as well? Absolutely. All right. It's program-wide, and we, uh, 
you know, we encourage everyone to reach out and uh, take advantage of the, the discounts. It's, uh, it's a good opportunity. And you've discovered over the years, as you described earlier, there are kids and parents who want to be closer to home after eighth and ninth grade, not necessarily travel yet, meaning, you know, long distances overseas. And there are, um, and there are a lot of programs, as we know, that only take place in July or programs that, you know, have split schedules and a lot of people leave after July. And frankly, um, this fills the need. This fills the need on both of those, uh, on both of those counts. So it really I, does. There are, there are a lot of different options, but people really concentrate very heavily on that first month. First month right. people generally tend to go away. Is when they tend to populate the camps. And second month is always a very busy event. People are like, "Well, I'll stay home. Or I'm not sure. I might do this. I might do that." So th- this really turns the busy event into into very much of the to an exciting program where you're going to learn, you're going to grow, you're going to travel. Um, and it's just very different and very new. And, and, and the beautiful part is that we're making it very affordable. We're really we're making it so that people can afford you know, to be able to go on a first-month option and still come with us on a second-month program. Um, and we're going to see a lot more of this over the years. Uh, NCSY is really working on domestic, more affordable options uh, so we can serve the entire community. Avi, we wish you the best of luck with this. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And if I may just add uh, how grateful I am for the opportunity to work with NCSY, how thankful I am to Rabbi Greenland, to David Collar, to Elliot Hansen, and really to the whole OU NCSY staff for being such an amazing team. And I'm really uh, tremendously grateful for the opportunity, for the partnership that we're, uh, that we're working together with. And I'm going to add one other thing on your behalf. This program is starting with three incredible rabbis coming along, which must be an amazing feeling. Absolutely. They're incredible machans and engaging dynamic and certainly a tremendous appeal and a tremendous, uh, tremendous add to the program. Yeah, I'm really impressed as an understatement. All right, uh, RTC, everybody, if you're in 8th grade or ninth grade at the moment and uh, you're a boy, uh, this travel camp is uh, likely for you, certainly worth investigating. Go to rtc.ncsy.org. Remind your parents and parents out there, remember that this is the final week for the early bird special for all NCSY summer programs for 2019. So it's a busy week over at NCSY. Make sure they know about your registration, the fact that you want to go and sign up immediately. And they are uh, predicting over 1,700 program-wide this summer, which is going to be amazing. Um, but again, these programs tend to fill up pretty quickly. Uh, obviously, with numbers like that, they fill up pretty quickly. So make sure to uh, to hop to it, as we say. And now, if you're curious, not that we're counting, NCSY is up to 21 summer programs, with Avi Rosalimsky being the director of RTC. All right, David Cutler, excellent job. Uh, sounds like you have another quality person leading. We always talk about it. We always say it's about the staff, right? About the leaders, about those who are able to recruit great staff and great kids. And it looks like you have another one of those covered with RTC. So Baruch Hashem. Thank you. Yes, it's really all about the staff are, are really the key to our success. And uh, as you mentioned, those three rabbis and Avi here is just uh, you know, just such an eager, uh, very talented individual that we're very, very, very fortunate to work with. And uh, and we're excited. And we're, uh, the next time we speak, we're going to talk about Yom NCSY. And July, <laughs> we actually are about to announce our lineup. So uh, I want to wish you and your, and your staff a Freilich and Hanukkah. And, uh, and we'll talk after, God willing. A Freilich and Hanukkah. And if anybody wants to get anything for David Cutler for Hanukkah, he'd like another NCSY summer program. So just... that'll, be, that'll be great. <laughs> Thank you both very much. Avi and David, much appreciated. Good luck, everybody, with NCSY summer. It's amazing. We are big Big fans. More coming up. It's Tuesday at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Tuesday. Well, many of you are aware of the fact that this coming Sunday night, the Atid Society at the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy and the Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School are presenting something unique, something different, something really amazing, frankly. Rami Kleinstein, who is Israel's piano man, as he is known, and is certainly one of the legends of Israel and somebody who has incorporated over the last couple of years uh, more and more spiritual and religious themes into his music, which has been amazing, uh, is going to be in New Jersey. He's going to be at the Kushner Schools for the Atid Society, first night of Hanukkah this coming Sunday, starting at 7.30 p.m. Atid Society uh, supports the uh, incredible educational efforts of the school on a regular basis, and certainly this is one of the events that uh, that works toward that. It's uh, sponsored by uh, Pioneers for a Cure, it is um, chaired by uh, Batsheva and Murray Halpern, and um, and it's always a great event. And this coming Sunday night is no exception. So everybody out there, you are encouraged to uh, be in New Jersey, in Livingston, New Jersey, this coming Sunday night when Rami Kleinstein takes the stage and uh, performs Matanot Ketanot, I'm sure, and many other great songs. Uh, at the Atid Society event for the Kushner Schools at 110 South Orange Avenue in Livingston, New Jersey. Uh, org slash Atid would be an amazing way to get information. org slash Atid. And we are taking advantage of the fact that uh, the Kushner Schools have this amazing event Sunday night by utilizing this opportunity to invite Rabbi Eli Rubin to our airwaves. We are big fans of Rabbi Rubin. He is spending his 12th year as head of school at the Kushner Schools. I was joking with him a moment ago, but only half jokingly, that he has 12 plus grades to worry about and to be concerned about. In addition to that, he mentioned to me the number of faculty that are under his jurisdiction. It is unbelievable what kind of incredible educational operation is being run at the Kushner Schools. And with that in mind, we say, Rabbi Eli Rubin, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Uh, Nachum, thank you very much. I appreciate uh, the overstated compliment. Ah. It's a privilege for me to serve in my position and to service our community and uh, to support the educational efforts and the the Torah inspiration that comes out of the school, um, building the future of Am Yisrael in our own small part, but knowing we're making a major contribution. So thank you for this time. And in the spirit of uh, Hanukkah and uh, Thanksgiving, it's an opportunity for us to express our hakarata tov, our thanks and appreciation uh, to Batshev and Mari Halpern for uh, sharing this event every year, and to you, Nachum, for giving the voice of our people uh, with pride and uh, bringing news and music and entertainment and interest to every household uh, everywhere in the world. And uh, you service, uh, speaking of servicing the Jewish people, uh, you are a foundational support of Amisol, its past and its future. So thank you, Nachum. I appreciate that very much. Um, you know, one of the interesting things about those who support your schools is that they're not just supporting Jewish education. And believe you me, I know how important Jewish education is. But in addition to that, they are supporting what I like to call um, experiential Jewish education. You have been at the forefront, and your schools have been at the forefront of really getting kids involved in special projects inside and outside of school, um, making sure large groups of students are involved in uh, community efforts, whether they be chesed efforts, political efforts, etc. cetera. Uh, would it be fair to say that from your vantage point, those are just as important at what goes, as what goes on in the classroom? 
Oh, sure. Uh, learning has to be approached from multiple modalities. Uh, children think differently, have their own perspectives, and learn differently. And the greater the, the greater the menu of options of learning experiences, and uh, the more reinforcement learning has from the different approaches that we could apply. And um, all students need to understand learning not just from a cognitive and an abstract, but also from a hands-on and a doing. Um, and uh, one day last week when I was watching uh, the Early Childhood Center children uh, learning math in math boxes, uh, climbing from box to box in the early <laughs> childhood, uh, the same day I was able to watch the high school 12th AP psychology class uh, involved in gestalt psychology scavenger hunt using computers in real time around the building. Uh, and the same day, I was able to walk through the uh, Beit Midrash and library and watch groups of students learning with their teachers, their Rebbe's and their Morot, uh, around issues of Jewish thought and questions and challenges that they expressed and they requested. And having the type of transmission of Torah on a one-to-one or one-to-three basis is really uh, the foundation of our tradition. So um, we have high expectations for learning in the school. We have The teachers are... Uh, the key to our success, we have a very strong and talented and dedicated and devoted faculty. Uh, we invest significant amount of resources into professional development, uh, and our teachers appreciate their, the recognition and the support that they have, and it is certainly felt every day through the way that they relate to and they support our students in a safe, secure, but uh, high-expectation environment. So yeah. we're very pleased. In fact, like I, you mentioned I, about Chesed, we, uh, on a high school level, uh, when once a month a group of our students go out to Newark uh, and, if the, and distribute clothing and food that they've gathered and collected for over the month of time, and it's called the uh, Homeless Awareness Club, and uh, they really get to learn firsthand that, that we're not only responsible, are responsible for our own community, responsible for the greater community. Uh, so that type of learning becomes part of their second nature as they're in the school and certainly as they graduate and move on. And think of the ripple effect that that has on their parents and siblings and community members who they go and ask for for their older, you know, for their clothing and for the you know, right. items they want to contribute, et cetera. I mean, it just has such an unbelievable uh, ripple effect on everybody in the community. Rabbi Ellie Rubens with us, head of school at the Kushner Schools, the Atid Society event is this coming Sunday night. We'll talk about that in a moment. Some of the things you mentioned, by the way, we did not have in my day. I don't remember a gestalt, what would you call it, a gestalt scavenger hunt? Gestalt, gestalt psychology scavenger <laughs> that, hunt. That right. I don't remember in my day. Right. Right. I don't I don't even remember, I remember math boxes that I was climbing in and out of, frankly. Uh, either. I don't remember climbing out of boxes, but they weren't math boxes. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but today it's amazing. And you mentioned something else that I don't remember from my day, and that was uh, that was teacher development, or professional development, as you as you called it, and it is it is amazing just how up to date teachers, faculty members have to be at this point. Just like we talk about the you know out of classroom experience is as important as the classroom for the faculty, their out of class experience is now you know almost to the same level as the in class experience. You know what I'm saying? It's very important to note that uh, for multiple reasons. First, teachers are teaching teachers, and they're learning to gain from others' perspectives, and we can scale up the successes from one class into another. Uh, it creates a real sense of collegiality and community, and this type of convening at the same time demonstrates the school support for their professional practice, and that is critical because teaching could be a very lonely profession as you close the door in the classroom yourself with students, and to know that the school is right behind them and interested in seeing their professional growth incentivizes them to invest even more in their practice. And um, we even have a dedicated person on staff 
uh, whose job is to help teachers individually find professional development plans that work for each one. And uh, not only does she work globally with uh, in interventions and guidance within the classroom, but she's also working uh, with entire divisions on creating coherence and sequencing. So, for instance, we're working on creating a style book now for grades 5 through 12 in English writing to make sure that we're using the same patterns and words and language and have the, the type of scaled, sequenced expectations of learning that will ultimately culminate in a 12th grade graduate being extremely literate and understanding the profundity of writing and reading. And that's just one of the many, many examples of professional development in the school. Really amazing. Without revealing too many secrets, how do you uh, divvy up your day between lower school, middle school, and high school? Or is there really no system uh, that you incorporate? Like davening in three shuls, you always tell the other person you're in the other minion, so it works out just fine for me. <laughs> they always think you're somewhere, huh? You're somewhere else. I, mean, it's, I don't know if it's a secret. The most important aspect probably of school leadership is being present. And uh, it's, it's, it's very engaging, and um, it's not about any one person. It's about the collective of the community and a shared responsibility. And we saw that the night of the storm here in New Jersey where there was a colossal breakdown of all infrastructural support and uh, 30 teachers, staff, and educational and non-educational spent the night here in the building just to make sure that the students would be safe and secure and would have a positive experience out of one which could have been very unfortunately negative. And that just typifies the dedication that our teachers have. Uh, and it's really special to see it when Judaic Studies teachers invite children over for Shabbat right. um, in the high school with the Yachad Shabbatonim that we run. Uh, and as one of my teachers said, uh, we were both so proud of the VOD program where students actually seek out teachers to discuss issues of learning that is outside of the formal curriculum, like you said, or Parsha and Popcorn in the middle school is wildly <laughs> successful in Mishmar programs. It's really just a, 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 a non-ending energy school of goodness, and uh, we're very proud of some of our, many of our successes. How many students uh, were there in school uh, the night of the storm? We had, around, uh, we had around 70 high school students were stranded, and the Livingston community uh, very kindly at around 11.30, 12, made a, a carpool uh, run. kind of reminded me of uh, some of the movies of, of mass evacuations and just everyone lining up to get kids out of the building and into warm and safe homes. One family even celebrated a birthday party of one of our children. And there were 100-something, maybe 110, 120 Young children is from the ages of six on up who were stranded here through the night. And uh, we had food and movies and uh, entertainment. And I think the most heartwarming aspect was watching the older children uh, go to the younger children in the middle of the night and read to them and comfort them and sit by the side. And that was demonstrated that you can talk about education and giving and um, sensitivity and empathy, but until you actually see students self-directing and self-motivating, expressing it on their own, it really demonstrates the type of success that we have in building our community. Unbelievable. Very proud. And as you mentioned, it could have been a disaster, and, uh, could have been a disaster, and fortunately right. it was just the opposite. Unbelievable. All right, this coming Sunday night, you know, it's, uh, it's Hanukkah uh, this coming Sunday night, Rabbi Rubin, but it's also the Atid Society event, which means that everybody can come out after they've lit candles and had their latkes and sufganiyot, and they can enjoy an amazing concert. It always is amazing. Batsheva and Murray uh, not only chair this event, they always make sure to come up with some interesting twist, some interesting brand-new music idea for the community uh, for this event. And in this case, a lot of people have never seen or heard Rami Kleinstein. They get an opportunity to see Israel's Piano Man 
at the piano this coming Sunday night at 7.30. I assume your auditorium is all set for this for Sunday night? We're all set, and we're going to have an opportunity to uh, do a, a, a major Pesume Nisa with our own celebration of Hanukkah in the auditorium nice. in, a, in a safe way. Uh, it's an exciting time to come to the building. We're once again in, uh, embarking on, on major campus enhancements of outdoor facilities of six acres of beautiful uh, play area for children from N through 12, including an amphitheater, which we're developing for outdoor programs. Maybe one day we'll have this concert outdoors if we can figure out how to manage the weather a little better. That seems to be a challenge. And uh, we're also fin- finished up the Nomi Roosevelt Kilas Center and the new health center for the students. Uh, so parents who will come in and guests will come into the building will see that not only is our educational program dynamic and forward-thinking, but our building is preparing itself for the next generation of educational experiences. And uh, that's an important part of our Tito. People should come in and see what's going on here. Kick the tires. We're very proud. You know, what's interesting is that uh, most observers don't take this the wrong way. Most observers who would walk onto your campus today would say there is no need for expansion or, <laughs> or enhancement. And I'm saying that in the nicest way possible. Right. But right. you but you believe you gotta stay ahead of the game. You believe exactly. that, that we're not ta- you believe we're not talking about today or this school year, we're talking about down the road. That is exactly right. And that's the it, we it's true I think it's a good metaphor because you have to also look at education, how it's meeting the needs of this generation and how the generation is changing and some of the cultures that are now much more prevalent and ubiquitous, how they are affecting uh, transmission of Jewish values and Torah values. So it's not just how we look at the campus, it's how we look at all education, and that's true in general studies and in Judaic studies. And we've been fortunate enough to continuously enhance our science program. Um, we've had some re- remarkable acquisitions of a liquid chromatography instrument and a scanning electronic microscope that can magnify up to 250,000 times. So students who are working, let's say, in the um, bioengineering classes, uh, or uh, in the genetic engineering classes could then take some of their research and they can bring it to a tissue culture lab and begin to grow uh, live tissue. Uh, The head of our science department likes to say that the first student who could produce a a beating heart tissue will get a B+. Uh, So that's the type of expectation we have in our students. And uh, we have to think forward. And that gives the school the strength and the vibrancy that we've been able to grow year after year. And thankfully, we have 766 students and Bezrat Hashem will continue growing. Uh, communities will growing. It's an exciting place to live. West Orange, Livingston, Springfield, and entire Metro West. Don't mean to leave anyone out. Uh, but the communities around us are great places, and uh, we ask everybody to come on and check us out. Yeah, I hear you have communities represented that never had representation in Jewish schools before, so it's amazing the work that you're doing and how attractive Kushner is being uh, really everywhere, not just the communities you mentioned. Right. Um, the Atid Society for the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy, Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School, presents Rami Kleinstein. He's Israel's piano man. And he'll be in concert in the uh, school this coming uh, Sunday night starting at 730, 110 South Orange Avenue in Livingston. Beautiful theater, by the way, folks. Don't, don't think this is a school auditorium. It's a beautiful theater, lovely venue, a, a really a fantastic opportunity uh, to see an Israeli legend and to enjoy the, uh, enjoy the music on the first night of Hanukkah. The best way to um, get information, jkha.org slash atid. It's A-T-I-D, jkha.org slash atid. And we mentioned again, Pioneers for a Cure and the chair, uh, the chairs, uh, Batsheva and Murray Halpern, who are chairing the event yet again and are encouraging everybody to support Jewish education, 
not just for today, but for the Atid, for the future at the Kushner Schools. Rabbi Rubin, I take this opportunity to wish you a happy and healthy Hanukkah. Enjoy the concert Sunday night, and uh, thanks thank so you. much for joining us, and best regards thank everybody you. at Kushner. And thank you, and one more, to, just to add to sure. the, uh, about the important of Rami, is that uh, we have to keep on promoting our identity with and our support of Medina Israel. Yep. Uh, yep. This The world is, uh, is, is changing in rapid ways, and uh, the, the, the support of our community and our students, every Yeshiva high school student, in particular students from JKHA and RKYHS, has a really critical role in being the voice of strength and of pride in Medina Israel. And uh, they'll learn that here in school. They'll learn it and appreciate it when Rami comes, who is the author and the composer of the Tzan Hanim theme song. Right. And uh, they'll learn it through everyday activities in all of our communities. So come out, not only support the school, but learn more about the importance of Israel culture. Yes, we call Rabbi Rubin. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining us. There he is, Rabbi Eli Rubin, head of school at Kushner. And um, Sunday night's the big event, the Atid Society, jkha.org slash Atid. More coming up. We mentioned Rami Kleinstein, of course, because he's performing Sunday night. Here he is at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Rami Kleinstein. Matanot Ktanot here at J.M. in the A.M. He's with the Atid Society at the Kushner Schools this coming uh, Sunday night, as we mentioned, jkha.org slash Atid. See Rami live in concert. Um, I got a message that... Um, I got a message I must transmit to this audience. Tickets are going fast. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the uh, the circus. You'll recall. Oh, I don't know why I can't see this now. You'll recall that the ding was in uh, just a couple of weeks ago and talked about the Big Apple Circus with Simcha Liner, Uncle Maishi, whole big show that's going on in uh, in New York City on the last day of Hanukkah. A lot of schools are off the last day of Hanukkah that Monday, December the 10th. So uh, the circus is back, the Big Apple Circus, Lincoln Center, New York City. Go to jewishtickets.com, jewishtickets.com, and uh, get your tickets because they're going quickly. There's a 12 o'clock show on December the 10th, and there's a 3 o'clock show on December the 10th. So again, get your tickets and get them as quickly as you can because they are going fast. Big Apple Circus, New York City. Presentation of Suki and Ding. Go to jewishtickets.com. Um, tomorrow, Matis Weingast is going to sit in for me, and I thank him. I'm on a mission tomorrow. One that may or may not become public. <laughs> it depends how it goes, frankly. But uh, but I am out of town tomorrow. Matis is uh, is going to be sitting in between 6 and 9. I thank him in advance. I am back here Thursday morning at JM in the AM. I remind you that today is... Oh, I want to thank Avi Fryer, my Yidneck friend. He just made a donation at uh, the FJB Unity website. Uh, I remind everybody that today is Giving Tuesday, and it is such a great opportunity today to recognize your favorite radio show, your favorite radio network, your favorite way to wake up in the morning, your favorite way to spend Friday afternoon, your favorite way to spend Thursdays, your favorite way to spend Tuesdays, your favorite way to spend Sundays. It's, it's a great opportunity to recognize... JM and the AM, the Nahum Siegel Network, and all the incredible things that go on here on a regular basis, including the daily radio shows and all the wonderful music, etc. So please, today's Giving Tuesday. I didn't designate it. It's been designated. It's a big deal here in the U.S. And for us 
it really could be a big deal. If you generously support us, go to the website, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Again, that's fjbunity.org. Support us. Keep us going. Give as generously as you can. And um, and be a participant. Be somebody who uh, wants to see us succeed now more than ever. FJB for Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. And I thank you on this Giving Tuesday. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world, web at NachumSegal.com, on the NachumSegal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up a Tuesday here at JMNAM. JM Rewind with Zachariah Fruchthandler, David Rubin, and Debbie Rockland. They're all next between 9 and 10. Live lunch starts at 11 with Avrami tomorrow. We are here between 6 and 9. Matis will be sitting in. Make sure to join him. Matis will be sitting in. I'll be back here early Thursday morning. Have a fabulous Tuesday. Give generously, fjbunity.org. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you. Remember, till next time, Nachum Segal reminding you. Remember to past, live the present, and trust the future. Yeah.